loving yourself is a journey. There's moments that I hate this body. There's days that I hate it. But at the end of the day, it's the body that I'm in. And what I've always learned, and I've learned this late in life, and that was through the beauty of burlesque. I learned true sense of self, and I learned true sense of self-love through burlesque. I started off singing for burlesque performers about 10 years ago. I was working at Dwayne Park, which I, I still work at Dwayne Park. They're a beautiful family. I honed my craft on that stage. They really allowed me to grow there. Yes, you can question yourself. You can question your, your, your everything. But at the end of the day, you're you. And you're beautiful in every way, shape, or form. I learned that through burlesque. Hi, I'm Derek Mills. Welcome to the Globe Podcast. This week, Mark Osmondson is back guest hosting the podcast. His guest is a good friend of his, Storm Marrero. She's a singer, songwriter, and entertainer who has completed a three-year run as a main singer with New York's premier dance company, Company XIV. And she was the first Afro-Latina ringmaster for the Big Apple Circus in its 2019 to 2020 season. She currently has two EPs on all streaming platforms, and her recent production, Black Gypsy, which is on iTunes and Amazon, has gained a lot of buzz, making Storm one of the most sought-after singers in New York City. In the show notes, we've posted a link to her website so you can see her full bio. In this episode, you'll hear her inspiring story of transitions, taking risks, following dreams through adversity, being clear about what you want, working hard on your craft, cultivating your talent, the art of transforming pain and grief, leading with kindness, exploring our relationship with our body, and how overnight stardom or overnight success is typically a multi-decades process plus a bit of luck. About a third of the way in, she speaks to how doctors and nurses save lives and artists save souls and how art is a spiritual communication. She also speaks to how the pandemic interrupted part of the planned path of her career, how she changed direction, cared for her mother, and how through cultivating her burlesque performance, this experience taught her ultimately about self-love and said, it's never too late to discover yourself. I hope you enjoy Mark's conversation with Storm Marrero. Hello, and welcome back to the GLOW podcast. My name is Mark Osmondson, and it is my sincerest pleasure to be bringing on a friend, an artist, and a literal legend of New York City entertainment, Miss Storm Morero. Hi, Storm. Hi, babe. Hi. <laughs> um, it's so good to have you here. And um, I know this is a podcast, but right now I'm just staring at Storm's beautiful, smiley face. Um, which I really, is bringing thought, me I really so thought that joy. we were going to be in camera because I have lipstick on. <laughs> <laughs> which is a big thing, which is a big thing. It's a huge thing. Um, <laughs> which is a huge thing. Um, just for a little backstory, Storm and I have actually done over over a hundred performances together um, with XIV, which was crazy for me to think about. Um, we've also performed at other cabarets, burlesque shows together. Um, I've had the opportunity of photographing um, Storm for her costumes for Teatro Zanzani. 
Um, so, so yeah, we go way back. Yes, we go way back. Yes, and yes, yes, we do. <laughs> and it is such a pleasure um, to have Storm here. And I'm excited to bring her on the show today because, uh, and I'm not just saying this to, to amp her up because she doesn't need to be amped up. Um, but surely she has the ability to bring out the humanity of our souls through her singing. And it's truly one of the greatest voices of our time. And uh, beyond that, her activism and ability to be vulnerable and be an activist for body positivity is unparalleled to anyone else in my life. So uh, it's it's such a pleasure to be with you, Storm. Hi. Hi, babe. Thank you so much. That's so, ah, you know, I love you. I, I adore you. And Aww. it's 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 an honor. I'm so proud of everything that you've been doing, not only with your fitness and everything, but now with this new venture into podcasting and all that good stuff. I'm just, you know, when you ask me, I'm like, like hell yeah, of course, I will be a part of this. Of, of like, hello. <laughs> so, so yes, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So, so Storm, I just wanted to start um, just to talk a little bit about you about your music what brought you to music in the first place i want to hear more about your childhood your upbringing music in your life um and and just kind of how we got here really wow well i i've always been a music lover i i come from a family that is music is such a huge part of of their life you know my my father had an amazing voice and he was a percussionist and my brother um he's a piano teacher and uh he worked in the school system in puerto rico as a music teacher for over 30 years you know mm. i grew up surrounded by music um and then with my mom my mom was a music lover per se my mom was adamant on listening to everything and she had us listening to everything. She was infamous for um, album diving, basically going to record shops and just spending hours just looking at out, like and any album cover that she found interesting. She didn't even have to hear it. Just the album cover was interesting to her and she would bring it. We ended up listening to Pavarotti. We ended up listening to Shaka Khan. We ended up listening to, you know, Cuban music and salsa. And so that was kind of like my beginning in regards to my love for music. Um, the art form itself of singing, uh, it's all, it was always a part of my life. And I started really like dabbling in, in, in or realizing that I had something when I was maybe 13 or 14. But professionally, mm. when I graduated high school and I started college, I started working at um, this really great company. It was called uh, Harry Fox Entertainment in Puerto Rico. And they used to do like different events throughout the island. And I was like a lead singer for one of their bands. So that was kind of like my initiation into what is nightlife and being in bands and being in music and um i remember the the band leader who was the one that hired me his name is junior irisari and he was just like a bible when it came to the business sense of it you know an amazing bass player he's worked for george benson and he's worked with um He's worked with Billy Joel and he's he's a musical uh, director and arranger. 
So that was like a schooling for me, you know, at 18, 19, like really learning not only music per se, but the business of music. Mm -hmm. um, and I, that's where I started in Puerto Rico. I was born in New York. I lived here until the age of about 12, going on 13. My mom decided on um, packing up and heading back to her roots. That ended up being my roots uh, all along, you know, being of uh, American of Puerto Rican ancestry. And mm -hmm. I lived there for 17 years, 16, 17 years. Moved back to New York in 05. Um, really started getting again into the music scene here in New York. And it was kind of like starting all over again because, you know, I practically, I left when I was 12. So I'm coming back as an adult, you know, trying to learn the process here in New York. It's a different monster. It's a huge monster, very different monster. Oh, yeah. and, and oh I am aware. Yes. And it, it's a bigger <laughs> monster. It's a bigger monster, but it's the, they feed on the same, you know, you have to have strength. You have to have ten that tenacity. You have to have that willpower. You have to have, you know, you have that grind. You have to. So they, the, it's the same it may be the same monster, maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit hungrier, but it, they feed on the same. You know, it's it, it's what you want to do with your your art and your talent, and how to pursue it. So that's that's how I ended up really getting into nightlife. I like everybody. There's certain hiccups throughout life that make you question: Is this the right path for me? Yeah. And I ended up I ended up getting you know because. Uh, it being in the arts is like a lot of people really think that it's a glorified hobby and it's not it's work it's actual work there's you know I went to school for it I, I studied musical theater I studied music I was studying to become a music teacher before actually just leaving that road and getting into pursuing my career as an entertainer as a singer and it's not easy and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to quit for a little bit. And I quit for a little bit. And I just focused on getting like a regular clerical job. And, you know, I'm, you know, fake it till you make it. I was really good at that. I was pretending to be something oh, that yeah. I'm not, you know, just to make yes. sure that the rent yep. is paid. I think that the first time that we met, you were working at an office job and had taken a long break. I mean, I'll never forget the first time that we met uh, in the rehearsal room and you sang All Is Full of Love. That was like the first thing maybe you guys yeah. were working on, my favorite Bjork song. And I was shook. I mean, in my whole body, I was shook. I was shook, it was so visceral. And I had heard, you know, we once we had gotten chatting more personally that you were actually working at an office job and you had kind of yeah. taking a step back from you at that time when you and i met i had just quit working for the doe for the department of education i've, oh, wow. I've yeah. always been a yeah i've always been a jack of all trades i've always worked mm -hmm. in different things but my last when, when we first met i was working for the department of education and i had just quit that may and i i put it into the universe i'm like and you got to be really careful what you ask for because the universe is yes. going to give it to you. So you have to be very clear when you speak what mm -hmm. you want, it is going to give you literally what you want. So you got to be very mindful. So 
in May of 2016, I quit my job. There was a lot going on with my family. My mom had just, this was before my parents passed away. My mom had just moved to Florida a couple of years ago. So I was visiting her. My dad was really ill. So I was visiting him in Boston a lot. So it was taking away, like the day job was taking away from other things that I really had to do as a child, as you know, as with parents that are already older. But also I was giving up on myself and my vision of what I saw myself as, which is a performer. And I put it out into the universe that January, January, I'll never forget it. January 1st. 2016 I went to Coney Island to do the polar bear dive and and I went with old sneakers and I went with new sneakers the old sneakers I left on to get into the ocean and I prayed before going into the ocean the ocean is the water is very purifying and I prayed before Mm -hmm. going in I'm like this is new year I'm starting a new chapter in my life and I need to wash off all the the doubt all the questions Mm. I have in my head and just pursue what I want I jumped in like 20 degrees outside so you know (laughs) that the water was like minus my breath left my body and it came back (laughs) I got out of the water I took off my old sneakers because those old sneakers represented the past of wherever I was at. And I walked out of that beach with new sneakers and a new sense of self because I'm starting new. That May, I quit my job. And ending of June, Austin McCormick called me. He's like, hey. And I'm like, and mind you, from May to June, no money coming in, no nothing coming in. So you're hitting rocks fast. You know, yep. if, especially if you don't have savings. And I had a little bit of saving here. I had a little bit of saving there. But, you know, st- still money is needed for a lot of things. And I was hitting rocks fast. And I was like, oh, man, I think I made a mistake. I think I made a mistake. Mm. And I'm like, no, no, it, it, you didn't. Something's going to happen. And I got an email from Austin, like, hi, I saw you at Dwayne Park, and I really like what you do. Can we have a sit down? And I didn't know Austin at the time. I knew I knew Company XIV, but I didn't know who Austin was. And I'll never forget it, Marcy, Marcy Richardson, my dear friend, my sister, my love, <laughs> who I love dearly. She's like, with her today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to call her. She called me, I have to call her. <laughs> She's like, yeah, say yes. <laughs> whatever yeah. he asks whatever he he asks you say yes to it and i'm like okay and that's exactly what i did i said yes well and I, I, it, it's 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 crazy because i think that when people see artists that are so incredibly talented and this is why i really wanted to have you on you just think that everything kind of falls into place automatically. You know, people don't realize that it's not always about the the talent or the practice, you know, you've, you've put in decades of work and that doesn't always mean that the path is completely laid out. It's, it's, I, I, it's interesting. I, I sent you a video, but I was asked this question or I was presented with this in regards to, you know, 
this overnight sensation, this overnight stardom and this overnight stardom, overnight sensation takes about 10 years of hitting the pavement, two, three gigs a night, a night, not a week, a night, two, three gigs, burning the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. And it's a mixture of hard work with a little bit of luck. There's people yeah. that have a lot of luck and I, to them, I bow like the energies is, it's just the yeah. stars, the energy, everything is, I'm like, baby, take it. I don't envy Good none of you. that. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but for people like when you see like this overnight, stardom overnight like look at lizzo lizzo was homeless living in her car 10 years ago yeah you know and and it it takes a lot it takes a lot and you and she's just not she's just one of the few there's so many um i recommend anybody and everybody to watch 20 feet from stardom it's a really great documentary on amazing vocalist Mm -hmm. it came out in 2013 and won an academy award and it follows different background singers that, Mm. you know, their work and what they've done and they're 20 feet from stardom because that's how far a background singer is to that front stage, front and center, 20 feet. And they're still, they're doing just as much work. They're tirelessly, you know, they're getting paid a fraction and, and it's not always about the talent and that's what kind of people don't understand. And, and it's, being an artist in today's world means that you are putting yourself out there not only to be vulnerable time and time again, but also to the possibility that you will be living out of your car. You will be, you know, we we as a society don't respect artists as much as absolutely we not. Yeah. And and for that one yes, you know how many no's people get? Yeah. It's I mean, for me, it's, it's, I, you know, this is something I try to explain to people too, whenever, you know, I book something big or, you know, I'm like, I heard no, probably 15 times this week. I mean, it is a weekly, and this is something that I've been trying to deal with a lot more because some no's hit harder. Some no's hit a lot harder. Honey, absolutely. If it messes with the, it messes (laughs) with the psyche, with the ego, it messes with Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. So when, you know, when you get these no's constantly and you're constantly hearing, no, it's, you know, it's, it's not always easy to put yourself back up there. And it doesn't matter how many times you're getting other accolades for this or this work, and it doesn't matter how much you're working. It's still, you know, it, it, it kind of, it hurts. It's, 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 it's a personal thing. And very painful. When you put it's- yourself in the arena you know, when you're in the arena and you're putting yourself out there and you are shedding and you are, you know, essentially naked, just really allowing yourself to be out there. It's something that not a lot of people in this world really do or understand. Don't understand, and I don't think comprehend at all. Yeah. Don't comprehend. And we as artists, it's, it's kind of <laughs> our job to remind people of that. And, and I think, um, especially like after the pandemic, people truly understand now Yeah, because you saw the regular Joe wanting to go and seeing, wanting to see a show, 
and mm-hmm. we were, we were not considered, I believe artists are, should be considered essential workers because mm-hmm. just like nurses and doctors save lives, we save souls. It's just how it is. Oh. I'm sorry. It's, it's how it is. Doctors, nurses, physicians, they saved lives. But after that, artists, singers, dancers, visual artists, musicians, we save the rest of it, you know, and, and I truly believe that, you know, in, in some, in some ways we are just as important and and just as essential when it comes to giving life force, you know, cause I've always said this, you know, I'm a spiritualist. I grew up, I grew up religious because by default as a Latina, yeah, I feel like that's just a part of going to going to church every Sunday. But I do believe that you know people that that work within the arts, and it doesn't matter what form, whether it's singing, dancing, visual arts, any type of art form that you do, that's a spiritual thing. That is something yeah. that's that's a you can go to school to hone it. You, you can go to school to perfect it. You can go to school, you take classes. You That's very, that's all there. But that is a God-given or energy-given thing that's given to that human being. And that's very, very palpable in what you do as a dancer, what I do as a singer, what um, artists do, you know, in their graphic work aerialist you know even even clowns even comedians they 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 take an art form that comes from a lot of pain and a lot of sorrow they make it beautiful Mm -hmm. and i do believe that the pandemic really showed how important we are to create that and to give that to the people and yeah i mean it's it's a superpower yeah, it is a superpower in every sense of the word. Yeah, and you know, especially right now, we as a society are needing to look to artists even more because we need art. We need to be reflecting what is happening through our art. We need to be making art a part of our everyday life even more because the more that we're restricting away humanity from people, the more we need to reflect the humanity right back on. Absolutely. I feel like that's what's happening is we are just completely neglecting to see the humanity in all types of people more and more and more. And as artists, that's that's part of our job. I mean, that's what I was saying about when, you know, when I hear Storm Marrero sing, I mean, it is hitting my bones differently. Like it is, you know, it is making me see a part of my humanity that that I don't see just walking down the street or don't see, you know, reflected in in our society. And and Nina, Nina Simone said it, we, we're just, a, you know, we're reflecting the times, you know, we as artists, we need to reflect the times, you know, and yeah. uh, not, a, not a lot of people, not a lot of artists are doing that nowadays. That's why you're getting this sense of like desperation in, in, mm-hmm. in our society. Um, it's, that's why when you get artists that are really reflecting the times and are really, you know, bringing um a sense of self to their art 
people become vultures when it comes to that. Like they want that because the society needs it. Society truly, yeah. truly needs it. You're getting a lot of these um, copy paste artists and copy repeat and essence is kind of like, it's, it, it's not, it, it's leaving when you do that copy paste and repeat and rinse and repeat. Dilute it. Yeah. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. That's why you have, you know, artists like, I love her. Her is an amazing singer songwriter. And mm-hmm. it's been a long time since we've gotten someone like that, you know, also yeah. I've been looking a lot into indie artists and, and really, you know, cause also a lot of it has to do with the business of the, of the thing, you know, what makes, mo- what makes money. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, everything you've seen, obviously, with artists now that have to create TikTok dances before the, <laughs> before that, you know, I, if, and- if, if listeners are out there and you're not aware of this, there's, there's this thing right now where a lot of labels are not willing to release big name artists music until they come with a TikTok trend or a TikTok, you know, it's, it's kind of all about cycling this money and not creating the art that we actually need. And that makes no sense to me. That makes absolutely (laughs) no sense to me. How, how do you, how, how? How? I don't know how we got here. And look, look, I love TikTok as a platform. You know, I get some laughs. There are some amazing artists on there making some incredible stuff. But I think that to to honestly dumb down people's artwork to you know having to create social media specifically for it, you know, we're a little lost. Very we're a little bit lost. Very. Very. And, and it's sad. It's sad. Um, but again, it's, you know, a, a lot of the business portion of it has taken away from the essence of it. And mm-hmm. that's, that's where, uh, that's where the fight is now more than ever, you know, and yeah. that's where, you know, a lot of indie artists are really, I, I, I applaud them. I trust me, don't get me wrong. TikTok. I applaud those kids. Cause I don't have the, yeah. I don't have the wherewithal, <laughs> the way my brain works. Just so everybody knows too, it took, uh, it took about 30 minutes for us to figure out Storm's uh, computer uh, connection <laughs> to the five girls today. She... I'm, I'm, I'm an analog girl in a digital world. In every I mean, same, sense honestly. of the word, it took like 35 minutes. We were supposed to be on at three. I'm like, oh, I'm so yeah, yeah. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, that kind of brings me to like, I, I want to hear as well, because Storm is a live performer. Storm is, you know, you are here in New York. Storm is 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 a name here in, in live theater. And I want to hear from you just about, you know, what power you really find in live theater and and what we kind of missed when we stripped away that live theater for, for so long. Well, I, I have to say, I've said this before and you as a dancer, you, you know, this, cause I love watching you dance, dancing, singing, the stage, that's just point blank. The stage is therapy for me. Mm, The stage is therapy for me. The stage is um, a way for me to let 
go of everything that's just boiling inside of me. You know, I'm mm. not very verbal. I love to talk. I talk, I talk a lot of shit, but, <laughs> but I'm when it comes to that, <laughs> Mark will vouch for that. But when it comes to really letting go of whatever it is that's, you know, percolating within the surface, I'm not very good at that. And my only way of allowing myself to heal in that aspect is belting it out, just letting go, Mm. letting go of all of that. And that's through the stage. Um, That's why, that's why the stage was so important for me. And that's why during the pandemic, it was just so daunting not to be able to express myself. And, you know, IG was there and the little Facebook lives were there, which was fine. You know, it, it, it allowed for a certain room. Um, but, but, you know, as a performer, live entertainment, there's this give and take between the audience and the performer, you know, and I'm the type of performer that I like to engage with the audience. I want to touch mm-hmm. the audience. I want the, I want to see the audience. I want to see their expression. I want to see their pain. I want to see their laughter. I want to see their joy. That I like, I'm kind of like a monster when it comes to that. I feed off of that. And it just gives me so much joy to see at the end of a show. You know, when you, you could be feeling like shit. And at the end of the night, someone comes up to you and speaks life into you and joy into you and the set in, in the form of you brought so much joy into my life at, for, for two hours. I came in with nothing and you gave me everything I needed or I came in with everything and I let it go here. Whatever yeah. I was feeling, how shitty I was feeling before that just goes away because that's the purpose of the performer it's not it's it's so it's like this gratifications mutual gratification between the audience member and the performer at least for me that's how i feel so like it's it's interesting you you say this and a lot of people say that how you perform you just let because it's kind of this feeding of the soul of seeing people's reaction and people feeling people's emotion that feeds into my performance and mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how to turn that off. I try even in rehearsals, even in rehearsals, I could be, I don't know how to turn that off because it, to me, it's a sense of, of really a let go, a let go of everything. So when the pandemic hit, it really was challenging, you know, because you, you don't have that let go. You don't have that therapy in the form of, of the stage and the theater. That's why we had a lot of, uh, you know, the 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 amount of people going into therapy during the pandemic was really really high. It was. Yeah. I, I'm definitely. I, uh, I'm definitely one of them. I mean, I I struggled a lot, and I know, uh, you know, we'll talk about this in a second. But for me, there was so much momentum that was building in my career as a as a live performer, also as a producer, choreographer. I had a whole 
show that I had literally produced, directed, choreographed, costume, you know, everything at this yeah. at this club that it was going to premiere, I think, March 13th mm. was, you know, so, <laughs> mm. so that just completely went out the window. And, and March you know, 2020, uh, going down yeah, in history. March 2020, <laughs> They're going down in history. Dreams were dreams were crashed. Dr- um, dreams were then, just like like yeah, just a lighter to it, lighter. lighter. Oh, not even a lighter, yep. a fucking blowtorch to yeah, it. Yes, exactly. And we're not talking, you know, enough about what what performers and artists are going through, um, trying to rebuild. That. I mean, I I've been in this city for over ten years. I've been you know, working, I've been very blessed to have such an incredible career. And it felt like I was a teenager coming out of this. It felt, you know, there was no work there was, you know, it was a completely different industry. Um, and it, it sucks. I mean, it sucks. And, and, um, just to talk a little bit. So storm, um, that you've heard in, in her bio, but storm is the first Afro Latina ringmaster of the big apple circus which she did right up until February of 2020, I believe, right? She had her own solo show at the Apollo Theater, which was what, March 7th, I think I you know, I mean, so when you say that momentum was building, when you say, what do you, it's the, hey, the, When the pan the, is hot, the pan when is the hot. pan is hot and I was on fire, I, like everything was falling into place. Everything was falling into yeah. place and, and then, you know, and we were all like, okay, so they say it's supposed to be like a month. Okay, so let me start mapping yeah, out yeah. what April's gonna look like. And yeah. then April came and went, and then May came mm. and went, and it was like, oh, so we're out of this for a while. Yeah. And yeah, it, it really, and it really did a number. Did you cope with that. You know, we were, nobody you... was ready. Nobody was ready. Yeah. Nobody was ready. And whoever says that they were ready, they're lying through their teeth because they may mm-hmm. have been ready for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, but a full two years, yep. nobody was ready. And and it was a full two year. I mean, it is still happening. There's still, yeah. you know, but, but for two years, just all work and all ability to create live art, to connect with people, to touch people, to be a part of other people's humanities and to touch people's souls was completely stripped away. And the psychology of that is, is really intense. And that's, you know, I want to hear from you about, you know, how do you recover from that? It's hard. It's hard. I I will say this, the, these last two years tested everyone and everyone's resilience, but it also brought out a certain humanity in people, especially in our community, in the art community. Um, you know, I I want to say a month into the pandemic, a couple of weeks into the pandemic, I had people reaching out to me, people I didn't even know. Hey, hmm. if you need us, we're here. I, you know, everybody was very well aware of what I was dealing with on a personal level. Um, my mom moved in with me May of 2019, and she was in the beginning to mid stages of Alzheimer's dementia. And mm. I became from a working artist, working musician, I became both a working artist, working musician to a caregiver. And that was really, really difficult. And I'm hustling 
her insurance was not allowing to cover for any um, home, home health aid. So, you know, I'm oh, juggling. Wow. I was juggling running back and forth um, from she moved in with me May of 2019. I was still in um, company XIV. So I'm with her all the way up to like six. I'm running to Brooklyn, doing the show, running yep. back. And then when Big Apple Circus started, um, two weeks, I'm in Jersey and I'm traveling back and forth because then, you know, I can't, they provided, um, they provided uh, a like stay for me to stay in Jersey, but I can't take my mom with me because she's in the brinks of dementia. I can't take her from a comfortable setting with me. So we're juggling back and forth. You know, my siblings are doing their best to help me out. But at the end of the day, she's mine. You know, she's my responsibility. So it was really, like, let's really- Let's just put that in perspective. You know, you are in rehearsals, to in rehearsals. be the ringmaster of the Big Apple Circus, the the biggest, you know, circus that it's been around for over forty the, years. Over and forty years, and then she's going home to be care a for caretaker. My mom. Yeah, mom, you know. leaving leaving things prepared for her because she can't even cook anymore, and and my yeah. nerves are wrecked because I don't know if she in a in a bout of forget forgetfulness she walks out the door. Yeah, you know, so that's that's where I'm at. And I, w I remember um, for Big Apple Circus, I had two shows per day. I had the morning show for the kids, oh, yes. for schools, yeah. and then the regular show at seven. I would do the morning show, run home, cook clean, make sure she was okay, run back. And yeah, it's, and this was all between May 2019 and then March 2020 hit. And then, um, the isolation of her not being able to see my the rest of my family members, like my brothers and sisters, um, that oh, also yes. accelerated her dementia. The isolation of not being able to go out accelerated her her dementia. So it was a lot. It, it was a lot. And um, but at the end of the day, the amount of people that showed up after, like my community showed up. My community mm -hmm. showed up, my people showed up, whether it was a call, whether it was a text, whether it was, you know, a good friend of mine, he's like, I ordered some food for you and your mom. So be on the lookout for, you know, dinners on oh. me, be on the lookout. I'm like, you know, that, that means the world to me. That means the world to me. Um, so it, it like the, period of time of, of, you know, this isolation really brought out the beauty in our community. It really did. Yeah. It really did. It, it, it tested us. It tested us immensely, but it brought out the beauty in our community. It brought out the, the, the sense of brotherhood and sisterhood and, and family, you know, family, true family and chosen family. In, in our community. So I, I'm very appreciative of that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's also a testament to you and, you know, your, your ability to lead with kindness um, in, in all facets of your, your work and your life. I, 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 there's no other way. I don't know how to be any other way, really. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I, 
yeah. I, I don't, I don't know, have the, I don't have the patience to be angry. You have to, there, it, that takes mm. away to it, being unkind, being angry, being frustrated. It takes away. It wears you out. It wears you out. And trust me, I've been angry. Out. I've been frustrated. You know, I, I can't, I am my mother's daughter in every sense of the word. My patience. Uh, <laughs> 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 my, my temper is like very, very short, but also I, I've seen what having a short temper does. Yeah. I've seen what not, what having, um, it's yeah. You, New York makes you tough. I get it. The mm-hmm. city, you have to be tough. You have to have that hard shell because this city will make you tough. It will break you down if you're not tough. But also, I don't know how to be unkind. I don't know how to be. I I, I don't know. I don't know. And it's it's just it eats up at your spirit. It really does. Yeah. It really does. And, you know, I found myself getting to that point. There's certain times where it's just frustration kicks in and, and, you know, like, I don't know, you know, people call it mercury retrograde or, but shit just yeah. happens. It just happens mm-hmm. and it tests you. And, and there's nothing wrong with getting angry and getting frustrated, but also there, you have to be at peace with yourself in order to then stand back analyze what's happening and come at it again with a little bit more patience and a little bit more love and a little bit more love for self. Cause once you have love for self, you could be able to tackle things with a little bit more clarity. You know, you, you can't, yeah, well, you- that's, that's the thing. You know, we are <clears throat> always a reflection of what's going on on the inside. Absolutely. And that's what I always, you know, I remind myself, you know, again, dealing with, people here deep breaths deep breaths um is it's always a reflection <laughs> honey it's, it's a reflection honey. What, what they've got going on on the inside um is reflecting out and and the more that we can give love to ourselves on that inside and 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 reflect what's going on with ourselves and i think that's that's what i want to talk about with you as well is you are able to be so vulnerable as well with your health journey, with your body positivity, with the way that you just share, you know, you are just, this is who you are. This is who I am. And I feel like you're able to share that on your, on your social media and your performance and everything like that. And I'd love to hear more. Well, it's, it's a journey. Loving yourself is a journey. I've, yeah, I've been, listen, I've been a big bitch since the day I was born. (laughs) (laughs) I I say it, I say it proudly. I say it proudly. Um, But we, we all, there's moments that I hate this body. There's days that I hate it. But at the end of the day, it's the body that I'm in. And, um, what I've always learned, and I've learned this late in life, and that was through the beauty of burlesque. I, I I learned I learned true sense of self, and I learned true sense of self love through burlesque. I I started off singing for burlesque performers about ten years ago. I was working um, 
at Dwayne Park, which I, I still work at Dwayne Park. They're a beautiful family. I honed my craft in that, on that stage. I, you know, they really allowed me to grow there. So I'll always love Dwayne Park and Dwayne Park is such a beautiful place to be. Also, the food is great. The beauty, the beautiful burlesque performers. And it's just, it's just a beautiful place to just hang and chill and, and enjoy a great show. But I saw like these beautiful women just, you know, and you know, I'm like, wow, that's, and then I started going to more burlesque shows. And then I started seeing Jezebel Express and uh, Dirty Martini. And I'm like, mm-hmm. baby, these bitches are fabulous. And they're big and beautiful and no, just no shame, no shame. Yes. And, and it, and yes, you can question yourself. You can question your, your, your everything. But at the end of the day, you're you and you're beautiful in every way, shape or form, you know? And I learned that through burlesque, you know, I'm like, I started following these amazing burlesque performers and there's this really great burlesque performer i believe she's based out of cali but she was just recently i saw a video of her recently in uh, vegas because they just had the um the burlesque hall of fame in vegas it I, it was a couple of yeah. weekends ago and her name is alada Boutte. and i'm like i saw the, the 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 name the title i'm like all right she's was like she modeled for Derry mugler and i'm like yes bitch and you know there's there's so many amazing plus size women and i'm like i'm looking at myself and i'm beating myself up why the the calls are coming from inside the house it's all up in here it's all the one doing this to myself you know i mean obviously there's other people that are always trying to comment on people's bodies and feel the right to comment on oh, people's bodies, but honey, you know, no. it is coming from inside too. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've seen so many beautiful performers and, and uh, the art of burlesque really allowed me to learn how to love myself. Truly did. I, w- I was talking to a couple of friends of mine in the burlesque community and we were talking about my first time singing at, at Dwayne Park and I would not get naked in front of them. Fuck no. I'm like, nope, oh, no, wow. no, 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 no. I would change my clothes in the bathroom and I would come back. And it was so funny because I'm like, you know, I, the sense of shame, you know, and, and growing yeah. up as a, as a fat kid, growing up as a fat kid, you have all these words thrown at you. You have all mm-hmm. these looks thrown at you. But one thing is when outsiders do it, but when your own family does it, it hits different. Cause they don't mean it with disrespect. Mm. They mean it with love, but they don't realize that it's hurting. You know how many times I love my father dearly. God rest his soul. He was an amazing human being, lived a really rough life, but he taught me so much. And you know how many times he told me you would be prettier if you lost weight. You're so beautiful. You're so beautiful, mommy. You're beautiful. If you lose, lost maybe another 40 pounds, you'd be. And he don't mean no disrespect by it. I mm-hmm. He doesn't mean no disrespect by it. But we're conditioned to, you know, you have to look a certain way. 
You have to be yeah, a certain size. It's not okay size. for you to love yourself now. You can only love yourself when you drop 40 pounds. Exactly. And that's what we're, that's what we're taught. And he, he don't mean no disrespect. He, he didn't mean it with no ill will, but I had to hear that for years. So that you carry that with you. And that I carried that with me until my forties that I didn't, I trust me. I've, I'm, I'm well aware of the powers that I have as a woman when it comes to the bedroom, mm-hmm. but I would make sure to turn off the lights. Cause I didn't want nobody to look at me. Cause that carry, I carry that. Wow. I yeah. carried that with me for a very long time. And the art of burlesque really allowed me to look at myself with new eyes. Like, oh, I am beautiful. I am powerful. I have power beyond. I have so much power. I didn't know I realized it. And Mm. society makes you want to control that power or not even acknowledge it. Society makes you want, society desperately wants you to not acknowledge the power you have. Yep. So thus you get all this, all these subliminal messages of, you know, lose weight. And and trust me, trust me when I tell you, I'm all for healthy living. I am all for it. I just like burgers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all about <laughs> you. Want, I am all for living a healthy lifestyle. I'm not shunning that at all. I'm not, I'm not shunning that. I'm not shutting that down at all. It's a constant fight with me. I, yeah, I got to eat an, a salad a little, I got to eat some salad a little bit more. I got to live a, a health. I got to figure out ways to be a better to myself because then it's taking care of myself. But at the end of the yep. day, it's what's in your mind and what's in your heart that allows mm. you to project the beauty that you've always had. And I get emotional. I get very, I get very emotional because I've been shunned because I, oh, you have such a pretty face, but what about the rest of me? You know, I get very, 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 very emotional and rejection doesn't help. And but at the end of the day, I am powerful beyond what beyond what I see in that mirror, you know, and, and being sexy, that's an internal thing. Yeah. People may find you attractive. There's, there's so much, the psychological understanding of what is to be a fat person, especially a fat woman and a fat woman of color it could go, we could go for hours on this because the yep. fetishism, you know, the, 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 the chubby chasers that I've had and that, that they don't want to, they don't want to be seen walking down the street with me, but they'll fuck me. <laughs> and yeah, excuse you know, me, I don't, I don't mean to sound like... so, I, I don't mean to sound like that, but that's, that's but the reality. The it, that's the, the experience. Reality, that's know? a real experience. That is a real experience. And it's, hurtful as well. it's very hurtful, but then it a lot of big girls, especially big girls that don't understand the power that they have as a human being, their humanity. Yeah. They'll confuse that with love. And I confused mm. that. In my younger years, I confused that a lot. 
oh, he really likes me. No, no, no. He just, he just likes what he sees, but he's not going to, he's not going to present you to his mom and dad. And he's not going to walk you down the aisle and he's not even going to walk with you down the street. Well, also it's like, that's not you. That is, that is your body, but you are more than that. We are, you know, the body is the vessel, but we are, uh, we are spirit. so much more. We are so much more. And, and art and music and burlesque that really yeah. allowed me to see that I am more than that. An art, an art form that it's all about sexiness, but it's also all about expression. It allowed yeah. me to see the person that I am, the real person that I am, you know, and it took me 40 years, but I found it. Listen, it ain't never too late. As long as you're in this side of the, 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 the plane, it ain't never too late to discover yourself. And every day is a learning experience. Every day I learn something new about myself. So, and trust me, there are certain days I hate this body. But most of the time, I walk down that street, head held high, proud of who I am as a human being, proud of the art form, the art that I present, proud of the human being that I am, proud of the people that I surround myself with that build me and build, like, I've always said this, iron sharpens iron, not only in, in, in the realm of talent, but in the realm of humanity and the people that you surround yourself with. And I mm. make it my business to surround myself with people like you and, you know, people that help we build each other up. Yeah. We're not here to knock each other down. We're here to build each other up. We're also here to look out for each other. If you see that we're going sideways, pulling pulling each other back onto the rails. Like so that's for me, that's what's most important. And and again, we can go, we could dive in deep into the psychological traumas of being a plus size woman and being a big woman, being a fat woman, whatever. I have no qualms of fat of the word fat. I have no qualms because fat has, um, there's this really great uh, burlesque performer. Her name is Lillian Bustle. She did a Ted talk a, a couple of years ago and she, she's based out of Jersey. She does amazing work. And um, she said it best. Fat is just a descriptor, just like, He's skinny. She's tall. She's short. You know, that's. Yeah, it's us putting this meaning in this negative connotation. Exactly. And it's also like because, equating it with know, a certain. Society. Yeah, it's equating it with a certain beauty. Like, no, no, no. There, there's, there's, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as just a descriptor. And, and there's, we can go, we can dive so, so deep into that. So deep into it. That it's going to be like three hours of, of a dissertation. <laughs> well, you know, this is, this is what I, I was talking about this with uh, the last guest that I had on is, you know, one of the things I, you know, I hate to, you know, use the word society a million times, but in this society, we don't want people to be empowered. Because then when people become empowered, when people start to love themselves, they start to love everybody else, they're not able to be controlled and cogs in the machine. And they're, they're, you know, if we can put 
push people to the the sides and be you know and and get people to the sides whether it be ethnicity whether it be you know the size or whatever it is you know we we're trying to push people to the side and the moment that we come together in love and loving ourselves and and create this community and stop using those words as a negative connotation same thing with queer people it's it, you know, when we can stop that, then we're we're breaking down these barriers that have been trying to control us. Yeah, and I also think that's what that's what burlesque does. I mean, it's the, the sense of inclusion. Is, burlesque is yeah. it, it it is burlesque creates the sense of inclusion. And and trust me, there's a couple of clicks that are you know. And that's another <laughs> dissertation that's like about two and a half yeah. hours. <laughs> but burlesque, one thing I noticed about burlesque, and, and I, I thank my burlesque community so much. And I burlesque, I, I thank the New York School of Burlesque. It's run by Joe Weldon. They call her Joe Booze, but her name is Joe Weldon. She's an amazing burlesque performer. And she, like, there there's a book out she has a, a, an amazing book about striptease and he, you know teaches you how to do pasties but also just the art form itself and where it came from um it's the sense of inclusion it's the sense of when i took her class i took uh, you know i was still hiding i was still hiding my body even in the classroom mm. i was still hiding my body and it gave me like when i finally realized when we finally did the, 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 you know, you have like a graduating class, every, everybody has a graduating class and it's, it's my graduating class. We did a show at the slipper room. And when I tassel twirled for the first fucking time and the people's <laughs> reaction, I didn't even sing. I didn't even sing. I was always a singer. I didn't even sing. Oh, yeah. I, I just did a burlesque number and I was in awe of how I felt afterwards that I could walk like I'll walk naked down this block if we would if, if the time is right <laughs> it just, it, just it, it strips you away from the fear of yourself whatever it is that was that was talking to you and what or whatever it is that you felt in your mind and in your heart that fear is stripped away you know and I, I, I just learned how to love myself. I learned how, and it, and it's a everyday battle is every, and I'm just talking as a plus size person, but we all, all of us, no matter the size, no matter the line of work, no matter anything, there's certain days that you're just not feeling yourself. You're not feeling yeah. yourself. and fake it fake it and if there's certain days that you're just not feeling it lock yourself in the room find cry lay down because the body and the brain need to reboot they need to reboot itself if i don't i'm not feeling beautiful that's okay if you're not feeling beautiful you know what you have 24 hours you Come don't even have four, yeah you, you even have 48 hours to get that shit, fix that shit, get it, get it, recalibrate that brain. And you have another day. And, mm. and that's, that's how I've, 
that's how I've been able to really just hone my power, not only as a, as a performer, as an entertainer, but as a human being walking on this earth. Well, and what you do too is you give permission to other people to start to love themselves, especially that's another thing about burlesque that I have noticed as a performer for me is me doing that, me giving permission to other people to start to love their body, to not be so afraid of the skin that they are in, to, to just open yourself up. It gives, it gives permission for everybody watching it. You know, it, it creates this connection that's, that's undeniable. That's what, that's what these amazing burlesque performers did for me. That's what, when I, when yeah. I saw all these amazing burlesque performers and, and these plus size models, I'm like, yeah, it, it, they did that for me. So I want to do that for others as well. Yeah. And Storm, you absolutely, absolutely are. Um, it has been such a pleasure Aww. to speak with you. Um, I'm just blown away again at your your ability to open up and uh and to and to exude this incredible kindness and incredible spirit. Um, I adore you. So I, really I adore you, Mark. <laughs> I adore you. Um, and, and, and let the listeners know, I know we'll link in the show notes to, uh, to your music um, when you're in New York City to, to places they can see you perform. But um, also, where can we find you on, on social media? Well, I have a website, stormerero.com. Um, also, stormerero on Instagram and stormerero on Twitter and stormerero on Facebook and all, all <laughs> the... everywhere. Follow Storm her. everywhere. <laughs> But yeah, like, um, I, I post a lot on, on Instagram, uh, like the places I'm going to be. So I'll tomorrow night. So today's Friday, the 17th. So tomorrow, the 18th, I'll be at Dwayne park, um, six o'clock show and 10 o'clock show. So if you, but I'm definitely at, at Dwayne park a lot and I'm also posting different places that I'm going to be. So yeah. Great. Amazing. Um, Storm, this is such a fabulous way to end. So again, I just want to say thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank, thank you, Thank you babe. for exuding the spirit, living Yay. through kindness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and thanks. Thank, keep, keep your head in the game. Keep your head in the game to all the listeners. Just keep your head in the game and just love, love on yourself. And trust me, everything falls into place. Mm, that's the perfect way to end. <laughs> Yay. Yay! We did oh, it. We did it. Woo-woo. Thank you to our entire team behind the scenes at Glow. I'm so grateful for your care and commitment to serving our members around the world. Thank you to our teachers for so beautifully sharing your gifts and talents. I'm also grateful to our lovely community of Glow members. You've supported us since 2008, and because of you, we get to continue to do the work we love. It's the combined support of our team, our teachers, and our community that grants me the privilege to continue to bring you the GLOW podcast. Thank you to Lee Schneider, our Red Cub Agency, for production support. And the beautiful music you're hearing now is by Carrie Rodriguez and her husband, Luke Jacobs. And remember, take care of yourself because our world needs you. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. You can find the GLOW podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or glo.com slash podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Derek Mills.